The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and welcome to the Business Elevation Show. And today we've got a slightly unusual show today. We're going to talk about the magic of engagement. And today I have a wonderful friend with me, Derry Llewellyn Davis, and he's going to interview me. So uh, we're going to talk and maybe trade some ideas as, as well around engagement. But before we do that, and before I introduce you to Derry, I'd like to say a big thank you to my guest last week, Bob Colhan. Really cool guy. Uh, we talked about getting to yes and the art of business improvisation. He's a, a top improviser, works with all sorts of companies, um, particularly around the United States, uh, and uh, written some really uh, cool material. If you're interested in business improvisation, you're interested in how you can you know, react in those moments spontaneously when you need to, then uh, do listen back to that recording. So I wanted to introduce you now to my friend Derry. Derry has been on the show before. He's a uh, really, he was a really cool guest. He's a really cool guy, actually. He's got amazing uh, business experience. Uh, he has worked on, had roles on elite corporate boards with huge multi-billion dollar companies up to um, European executive board level. He um, has run over 20 companies now, small businesses. He has advised over 250, and he speaks to thousands of people. I mean, you know, there are some great speakers around the world. Derry, I can tell you firsthand, is world class. He's not a great speaker. He's a brilliant speaker. He's also an authority on strategy, and he wrote the um, incredible book, Strategy on a Page, which is um, being utilized um, right around the world, and a lot of people I know who share and, and work with uh, Derry's system. He's spoken from Vancouver to Kathmandu. Uh, he's spoken from Los Angeles to Amsterdam. And Kathmandu, I have to say, I'm delighted he's still talking to me because I did introduce him once to a friend of mine, Neil Lawton, and they both decided to climb Mount Everest. And they found themselves stuck when the Nepalese earthquake occurred. And they were stuck on the mountain for a number of days. And I imagine they were probably cursing me at the time. So a huge welcome uh, to uh, Derry Llewellyn Davis. And Chris, it's great to be here, my friend, and to turn the tables on you for a change. So it's about time you got interviewed, uh, and, uh, and, and we've known each other for a while, so I think we're going to have a bit of fun here today. And the topic being engagement as well, because we were, we were having this conversation, you were going to bring me on the show, and we were going to talk strategy and engagement. I went, no, 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 if we're going to talk engagement, you're the man to be talking about engagement because of the work you do around the world. And I want to just show, showcase you for a moment, all right, because I think it's time that the tables will turn on you, Chris, because you've been hosting the Business Elevation Show now on The Voice of America since 2011. That's an epic journey, my friend, and I want to honor you for that and what you've done. There's a lot of people will be listening who've been listening to you for many, many years, and there's new ones on here too. But what you don't know about Chris, some of you, is 
off the radio station, he's a brilliant speaker. I've been very blessed to share the stage with Chris uh, a number of times. Uh, you do an amazing Matrix impression on the stage. You're, you're going to have to see that one live, people. Uh, trust me, it's really worth That's worth the ticket alone, just to watch what he can do with the Matrix. Um, but you know, Chris, behind the scenes, and what he does with his team over here uh, in Europe and around the world is engagement is really at the core of a lot of what you do, Chris, isn't it? So I'm really looking forward to having doing this interview and really getting really into the detail of what is this engagement thing um, and how does it how why right now in history and, and business wise is this is a critical function right now not just a kind of fluffy thing that people are talking about as a word so with your permission chris we're going to get straight into it shall we sounds good thank you derry so look um we've known each other we didn't even um know at the time but we were back in mars at the same time mars inc um, and for me mars inc is one of, i still think is one of the greatest companies in the world from a cultural perspective and certainly from an engagement perspective so we actually learned some of the stuff we know now um, from uh, by accident, just because of a great company we worked for. Since then, I've seen a lot of companies that aren't great at this. Um, so I think we got we we lulled into a false sense of security early on in our career. But where did your interest and engagement first come from? Because you're so deep now. But what's first spurred that for you? Yeah, I think I think some of it came from from my childhood, and at the time I was probably more of a you know a, an observer of it, experiencing it. But when I look back. I remember my father was a steel worker. We lived in Scunthorpe in the north of England, and he used to have to work double shifts so we could have a holiday each year. And he would go to the steelworks, and he would come back uh, feeling you know, tired, frustrated, irritated, and just not uh, engaged with his work. And I remember sort of absorbing that for a number of years, and then my dad taking me on a tour of the steelworks. Uh, there was an open day. And one day, this we we got there and we we did a tour, and it was like it was a bit like hell on earth, actually. All this molten metal flying around, and it was hot and dusty and dirty. And we had a, a cup of a cup of tea afterwards and some sandwiches. And suddenly, the CEO of British Steel uh, appeared. Now, my dad had only ever seen him in uh, magazines before; he'd never actually seen him in, in, in you know in physical presence. And he walked over uh, towards us, and he didn't walk over to my dad. He walked over to me, and he said, "Son." When you're older, are you going to come and work for us? And I said, you must be joking. <laughs> my dad was absolutely, absolutely livid in the car coming home. But, you know, I just saw something there that I knew that I didn't really, didn't really want. Um, and I think um, I, I really got a sense that, you know, things could be different when it, it was back in 1983. I don't know if you like rock music, Derry, but I went to an Iron Maiden concert. And I, and I looked. You rock gods, you. I did. I looked there, and, and I'd, I'd never seen a famous person at this point. So these were the first famous people I'd seen, and we were there, and they, they just enthralled the audience and the the whole, you know, the whole kind of ethos of the band, and we all felt as one in the audience there, you know, shouting, singing to Number of the Beast or whatever it was. Um, but I saw something there. I saw an engagement between, you know, the leader of the band. And, and the band and the audience. And, you know, I realized um, there was something special going on. And, and, and as you mentioned there, Derry, I saw that in Mars. I saw that, that special mm. nature of what engagement can be like and, and how it can, be, can work and how it really contrasted to other organizations and, and has to a lot that I've also seen since. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on a little a mission to, to bring more engagement, which should be more fun and happiness and, uh, and more you know, productivity going on. 
So let's let's get into the nuts of this then, Chris, because what is engagement? Because this is a word which is bandied around a lot at the moment. Uh, and a lot of the people will listen to this, leaders out there might be going, well, that's a kind of a fluffy thing, isn't it? Particularly if they're of a certain generation, i.e. if you're the baby boomer generation, stuff, this engagement thing is, is kind of a, can be perceived as a fluffy thing, right, for, for Gen Y. So what is engagement? And by the way, don't worry, keep listening to this interview. We're going to get really into the science behind this and the maths behind this as we move forward, right? So, but we've got to define it first, don't we, Chris? So what is engagement to you? Well, I think to me, and there are lots and lots of definitions around, but I don't want you to necessarily think of a definition, but I want you to imagine a feeling. So imagine a feeling where, you know, you're, you're with other people. You might be observing a concert like I was at the theater, or you might just be with a group of friends having a drink, or you might be, you know, in a, in a store somewhere, actually, or in a, in a bar or whatever. But there's a feeling between you of, um, you know, infectious energy and trust and warmth. And, you know, together you feel, you know, safe and secure. And I think with what I sense, I believe um, engagement is about for an organization is about creating that feeling where people are really, you know, kind of focused on the present, but they're also um, their most their creative energies are coming out of them, and and together they're achieving more, and they're you know they're overcoming barriers and obstacles. And what you're getting is you're getting more of that real potential from the individual. And um, and so I, I think it's a feeling. I feel it when I go into organisations whether engagement is there. I mean, do you, Derry? Do you get that feeling of? Um, yeah, absolutely. And it it is a feeling. And this is and I think a lot of people listening to this will be going. You'll give one way or another. Yeah, yeah, I feel it. Right. And you're going to feel it one way or another. You can either feel it because you're totally not engaged. Um, or you're going to feel it because, yeah, I'm connected and I'm part of this. Uh, but I think if you don't bring it back to that, you, you, can, you can feel it. It's, it's touchable, isn't it, Chris? It is. And I remember coming to your – you did a, a great day. Um, a, um, I spoke at – it was a – was it the old Super Congress? Your summit. BGI yeah, the summit. Was, yeah. It was a really great day, you know, and you could feel it. And, and engagement, is, it's infectious. It catches. So – you know, when when that engagement is present, people are attracted towards you and attracted to the event and attracted to the company, and you know, it's uh, it it starts to manifest itself in all sorts of ways. More custom carts to come in, and anyway, let's we can talk about the benefits in a minute. If you yeah, well, tell tell let's get straight into that. So you know, this engagement thing. If this is this feeling we're seeking, now by the way. The stats around the world on this are horrendous. You know, I you know I use this from a strategic context, Chris, and you know I think the recent Gallup poll said I think eighty five percent of of staff are disengaged at the moment around the world. It's just becoming an epidemic. The disengagement is becoming an epidemic. So if you can then turn this around to engagement, so if engagement is starts to become a priority, what are the benefits? Because this, the, it's, I think it's pretty obvious, but to a lot of people, I don't think it is so obvious. So what are the benefits if we get this right? Well, I think the benef- the benefits are enormous, and 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 I, I liken you know the stats. Uh, I'm I'm a, a football supporter. I I love Leicester City. Uh, Leicester City last year five thousand to one odds. Mention this, but you know went and won the Premier League, and they did that through you know through engagement. If one of those people had been disengaged, would they have won the Premier League? No, they wouldn't. Um, but in terms of in terms of um, you know that organisation, but other organisation where engagement is present, I think the benefits include income growth. You know, M and S, Marks and Spencers, in some research they did over a four-year period, they saw that stores where engagement was increasing um, were growing by sixty-two million pounds more than those where engagement was declining. 
Um, there's also productivity uh, benefits, um, you know, from um, from people being happier in the workplace. So I know Hay uh, looked at 85% of the most admired companies in the world, and in talking to them, they said where, where they, um, you know, with their efforts to improve employee engagement, they saw a correlation with you know employee problems around productivity just declining. Then you've got innovation. Um, you've got um, you know BAE, um, the aerospace sort of company. Um, they found that um, through their projects around increasing engagement, that they actually, due to new creative ideas that were coming through from their staff, that they could actually build fighter planes um, in, um, and reduce the, the speed, sorry, and that the time it took to build a fighter plane by 25%. And they, they found that wow. as a consequence of engagement. Then you've got health and safety benefits. Um, you know, th- those companies at the bottom of uh, the sort of uh, um, um, engagement arena, the bottom 25% have 62% more accidents. Uh, the Olympic Committee in London, when they were um, uh, did the Olympics in was it 2012 in the UK, they um, created a really engaging um, culture, and they found that um, per 100,000 hours work, there was 0.17 ac- um, accidents, and that was um, half of what um, the, the, you know, the average for the construction industry. So does that answer your question, Derek? Well, I think the audience might get that this is a little bit more mathematical than most people perceive right now, Chris. So, and, and this is the point, and I think this is why I love the work that you do and what you're bringing into the business world, because I know that this is hard science. I know that if we get this bit right and the cultural bit right, that is game-changing, and yet most people still put it in the kind of leadership fluffy camp and are so busy doing the other stuff that they never get around to this stuff. And for me, this is the stuff. This is the the core and the critical part. Uh, and all those things you just said, Chris, prove that, don't it? And this is the point. There's proof. There's science behind this stuff, right? So let's move, if we if we clear on what it is uh, and the feeling that we're trying to engage in and the benefits of it, um, why why today? We had this conversation when we connected a couple of weeks back, didn't we? Of Gen Y. There's this time in history. It's even more important than ever. Explain why why now is the important time for engagement, Chris. Well, I think we, you know, we see quite a few problems around the world these days where, you know, engagement isn't really, you know, isn't really happening. Um, And, you know, things like, you know, climate change and um, so some of the major sort of problems, the deforestation, use of uh, resources, you know, all of those sorts of things. Uh, And, you know, we, we need to come together, I think, as people to, you know, in an engaged way to you know, solve some of these problems. And I think business is one, um, you know, it's an avenue to do really good things to, to make a difference uh, to the world. But I think from um, a, a perspective of, you know, you being in your industry is, as um, uh, David Avin said on the show a, a couple of weeks ago, is that um, a lot of people and a lot of companies out there are now very good. And if you want to stand out and you want to grow in your marketplace, um, I think the there is a massive return on in, um, investment, or I call it return on engagement, that is available to you through building a wonderful workplace. I think, Derry, I think some of the big companies um, get it, but I think it's the, yeah. the smaller ones that don't. And I think... Uh, I think there is an opportunity for uh, many of those um, you know, medium-sized and smaller companies to really start to to look at this and start to enjoy the benefits. And hey, it's more fun going into work as well. Oh, <laughs> absolutely! Going- this just—I I choose life, right? So do we all. So I, and this is the thing. I think we've 
if we can get this right, we're building an amazing company that we can be proud of. And the small and the mid-sized companies can turn this around really fast. It's the bigger companies. This is a much bigger job, right? And and there's a lot of work to be doing up there, whereas the small and mid can really impact this hugely fast. Uh, Now, that's what we're going to do, by the way. We're going to take a break in a sec, Chris. I know you're right in the middle of flow here. But what we're going to go into next, with your permission, is let's let's talk about how we measure this. This is measured, right? Uh, And what are the, the key things that a leader needs to consider? when we're engaging an organization and and who should we be engaging because it goes much wider than just the employees doesn't it so let's just take a break and then when we come back let's really get into some of the to the maths around this and how people can impact way better when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. If you are a small business owner or a creative freelancer in pretty much any field, you can't miss Let's Get Radical. Your hosts, Jody Paydar and Liz Gold, will help you redevelop your plans, policies, and practices to take a radical turn in order to achieve new success. They spotlight the latest in technology, attitudes, what others are doing, and what can help you. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And let's get radical. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel, and get Amplified. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hey, this is Derry Thwellen Davis here, and we've turned the tables today on Chris Cooper, and we're interviewing him. And we're talking about the magic of engagement. And thank you. That first section was awesome, Chris. And now we're going to really get into some of the maths behind this engagement piece. So let's just let's just crack on from where we finished off before the break, which is how do we measure engagement? We've talked about why it's so important today, why it's critical, what it is. But how do we measure this thing? I, I think, Derry, we we think is the best way to do this is is, is through um, surveying tools. So to have an engagement survey and fairly frequently as well, uh, which 
you know, covers some key uh, sort of parameters around engagement. So you know, one of the important things with engage- engagement is that people feel they've got a voice uh, yeah. in your in your company. Um, now, th- there are a number of ways to do this. And, you know, in the past, what we've typically done is we've used something called Gallup Q12, which is a set of uh, engagement questions, which uh, you, you put out to people, um, you maybe use something like a survey monkey kind of system uh, to do this. And, and they, you know, they're responding. And what you're doing is you're measuring on sort of scales of, um, you know, one to 10. Um, and, and also taking some, um, you know, some uh, qualitative uh, data and, and information as well. Um, mm-hmm. So these are things like you know I do you know I know what is expected of me at work and I've got the right materials and I have the opportunity to do what I do um, best every day and uh, my supervisor or someone at work seems to care about me as a person. It's those sorts of questions. Now something relatively new into the marketplace that I know you're into, Derry, and you introduced me to actually, and I think looks really really interesting um, is something called engagement multiplier. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they they use an engaged organization scorecard, and they um are you know again it's a one to ten type system. It's um questions around parameters of purpose and uh, you know and ownership and leaders and employees, but it measures whether people whether an organization is dysfunctional, fragmented, successful, or engaged in different parameters. But and they recommend you do it every three months. But one of the things I love about this online system that it is, is better than the system we currently use is it enables you to also directly ask further probing questions on the feedback that comes back, um, but do it um, anonymously. Yeah. And therefore, you, you can also then you can respond and say, well, actually, that's a great idea. You know, whoever you are, we're going to do this in quarter two and and. and you know, that sort of an ongoing measurement and system with the interaction, I think, is really, really powerful. Absolutely. And when I'm looking at businesses from a strategic point of view, I want the number. All right. This is what I look at you. I don't know. Kind of a little bit engaged. You know, but where you can go, do you know what? We're currently 82 percent engaged. And this is what we're doing about it. That, that's the power of this. And also the power of right now. Again, right? we've got the technology that could do this. We couldn't do this five years ago, Chris, could we? So um, and I think that, that and it's enabling the SME. Um, to have access to the tools that only the corporates have had really up until now. Um, whereas now it's very simple, it's accessible and it's affordable. So there's no excuses. You know, you can measure engagement out there and the tools are available for you to do so, um, which puts the power back into the, the SME, which is yeah. what we're all about. Yeah. Now, what is it, Nan, if we can measure this and we can literally get it to measurement. Oh, by the way, one of the, I think one of the cool things you kind of alluded to earlier, but uh, the very process, what I loved about engagement multipliers by the very process of engaging your staff, you will increase engagement. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like such a simple one, but they've proven it in the stats over and over again. Is um, Just by engaging them, you're going to increase engagement. Because never, if, if you've never asked your staff, then one, you don't know if they're engaged. Two, by very, the very nature of asking them, you're going to engage them. So you can't really go wrong with this. You can only go in the positive direction, can't you? I think what happens, I think if... if you know, as, as these initially, you know, some people might be, you know, not sure about what, you know, why is we doing this? Is it Big Brother looking at me? That sort of thing. Um, but if they are, these are well constructed, and also uh, they are followed up with action coming back from the company. It can't just be a tick box exercise, and it can't be a one-off. Yeah. But once people start to see ac- actions coming back to their ideas and thoughts, then what starts to happen with these surveys is more people start completing them and then the percentage completed goes up and people start engaging with the process and uh, and, and everybody starts to think about this thing about engagement uh, and where they yeah, fit into yeah. the, the, the process 
So let, let's just start to break this down to real practicality. So you, we've kind of alluded to that this is really super important and it's going can add massive results to a company and we can actually measure it right now. So then leaders out there listening to this, managers out there listening to this going, okay, well, all right, I'm in. I want to do some of this engagement stuff. So what is it the key things that they can be doing? What can they can be considering now to really start to build an engaged organization? Well, I think, I mean, sort of top line, uh, and maybe we can go into some of the sort of detail, Derry, um, but sort of top line, I think the things that an organization needs to think about um, initially is, you know, has it got, some people refer to it as a narrative, is the story right uh, behind, um, you know, what the, what the company does and um, the value it adds in the world. Uh, a lot of people will refer to that as purpose, and I'd, I like to refer to that as purpose. You know, you know the, that real heart of doing business, that, that essence. I think the next thing as well is at a, you know, at, at a sort of senior level within the organization, um, at a business owner level, founder level, maybe main board level, um, it has to be, engagement has to start there. It shouldn't start further down. It's got to be, it's got to start from the top. So uh, one of my, my kind of keynote that I deliver a lot these days is engagement starts with you and how to be an engaging leader or manager because a lot of people think it's something we do to other people, Derry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, not, it's not about me. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'm in this position. I'm in this ivory tower. I've, got, I've, I've made it. Uh, that's not the case. Um, so then through the organization, there are, um, you've got to think about engaging you know, the, the other leaders in the organization and the managers um, and go engage the employees um, and make sure they've got that voice and, and, and in, integrity is being seen through. Because if you do that, what starts to happen is due to that kind of magic we talked about, that energy, it's what they do is they then engage the customer and yeah. because they have the biggest, often the biggest interface with the customer. And that starts to attract customers into the organization um, when, when engagement is really prevalent. They start being attracted to you rather than somebody else. And, and that's when the, 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 um, the, the financials behind this start to multiply. And let's look. Uh, this is the this is this magic fairy dust that people are kind of seeking out there, and they're seeking it elsewhere. They're looking for some shenanigans in tactics, and yet, <clears throat> you know what I believe in. I believe everything begins with purpose. You know, purpose is right at the heart of my methodology, Chris. So let's go back there for a sec, because that's where you began, right? So if purpose is at the heart of the business, um, well, you can't really. For me, I just don't see how you can engage without purpose at the heart of the business. It's just, so many people are just trying to come in and do some engagement for me. You know, come in and motivate my staff. It's like you can't motivate your staff if they're not motivated. Nothing's going to help them. But you've got to come from that point of purpose. Um, how? What would you do? And, and what? How does story link to that? Because I know you talk about story a lot as well. Yeah, I think in terms of story, if you if you remember back to your induction, Derry, when we were at Mars. Mm. And, and I ran these for a couple of years and run sort of sales training and things like that. But my induction, I still remember about, you know, about Mr. Mars coming from um, from the United States. He in 1932 and with a recipe for the Milky Way, which he called um, the Mars bar because it was the first product in the UK. And he had a, a few dollars in his pocket and he opened up a, a, uh, a you know, facility to make and confectionery in Slough. Because um, yeah. he saw a sign when he hit to go to Heathrow Airport, and an arrow said "Go to Slough." So he went to Slough, and and he was peddling confectionery uh, to local stores on his push bike. Now, you know that sort of story behind your your history and the story in the company. It's it's really engaging, and yeah. it's really engaging. So I think you know um, discovering some of that, but also getting. Uh, and I love storytelling anyway. I know we both do. 
um, and it's a great leadership sort of tool and engagement tool. Um, but but also getting really clear about what is your purpose, what is your reason reason for being, and and it should be something that's big. You know, Fed, FedEx is. Um, the world on time. Now, FedEx, there's all these amazing stories of people just going that extra mile to deliver parcels to, you know, with a two or three hours spare before somebody's wedding and people are turning up um, or people have taken flights to get to somewhere to deliver a parcel for somebody, you know, at a special moment. People go over and above to um, aspire to that. Um, Starbucks, uh, to inspire human spirit, one person, one cup at a time. Um, you know, just inspirational um, things that get people moving. The challenge, of course, though, is that you know that has to live and breathe, and people need to see it. Um, I was uh, in a Starbucks with a client, a blind client, not long ago, and uh, somebody decided to block the stairs with chairs to stop anybody going up at the end of the day. And bless her, if she hadn't been with me, me, uh, then she had a terrible problem getting down those stairs with all those chairs blocking the way. Uh, they weren't inspiring the human spirit. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but what it's, one cup at a time, my friend. One cup at a time. time. <laughs> 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 but this is now I see this from the stages a lot and we, we had this conversation before we actually went on air today right which is this this storytelling I think so many people are so busy running the business so busy um, and I'm guilty of this right because I do strategy so so many people are so busy on the strategic side of the business that they forget some of the most powerful part is the storytelling uh, and I've been guilty on the stages in the past where I'm a content guy right I'm on the stages giving content and actually you know what I've got a lot better on in the last few years is is my job on the stage is to engage first get the trust and the connection first and, and we do that through story um, and this is the problem I think leaders have forgotten or never even learned the art of storytelling. And it's something that's got to come back. Yeah. Uh, how do we bring that has. back, Chris? And, and, and how do we engage through that? Well, I, th- I, think, that, I think that's a really, you know, sort of st- being able to tell stories is a really important part of your you know, leadership toolbox. Mm. And I think what we can do is we can go through our lives, and, and you know, we can do this when you're in your car, Maybe start going back to, to your life and filling filling the gaps in, you know, filling those years that you can't remember, and remembering you know funny things and situations that occurred, and then write them down. And because people really warm to personal stories and stories about you know that have come from your life, uh, even more than stories that have you know come from others. Um, and um, and it starts to show that you're human and that you have a yeah. life outside of work and and that you that you care. Um, and, um, you know, I'll give, just give you a very short, um, example was, um, and I started to use this story a little bit to explain how sometimes people get fixated on something that's not important. Uh, a few, a few weeks ago, I was driving up my drive to my house and it was dark and at the top of the uh, drive, I saw my seven year old son, Daniel, and he got his little Paddington suitcase and a, a rucksack on his back. And with his monkey, a jack, he's a cuddly monkey, sort of hanging off the back of this rucksack. So I got out of the car and said, Daniel, what are you doing? And he said, Dad, Dad. He said, it's Mum, it's Mum. I said, what do you mean it's Mum? It's Mum's fault. Um, he said, I'm leaving home. And I said, why? Because she won't let me have fish and chips. And, <laughs> and I, I looked in his, I looked in his, uh, he thought this through because I looked in his rucksack and there was two empty water bottles. I said, what are they for? And he said, it's to catch rainwater um, so I have a drink. And I said, well, 
but what, Dan, what if it doesn't rain? He said, it, Dad, if it doesn't rain, I will go into fields and I will drink milk from cows. And, <laughs> and, and I, I think for me, you know, that's that, like, like Daniel there, you know, chips are really important to him. But actually, <laughs> we all sometimes have things that we hang on to that are not really important at all. Things that we developed when we were five or six or seven and seemed to be important. Um, so, you, so you can use stories in, in different ways, but that story actually shows up. It tells people about me having a child and it tells people about, you know, um, something that's fun and it's sort of personal and it shows I'm a bit human, hopefully. And, and I think those kind of stories, when you're standing up and engaging your staff and, and employees and people really appreciate um, and, and warm to you. And that's it. If people, the people listening to that then, you would have been drawn into that story. You're wanting to know what happened next. As soon as that monkey was in the rucksack, I wanted to know what was going on, right? So, and that's the point, is this being able to draw people in and let people lean in. Um, so then, but then, but the story's got to be true and it's got to be authentic um, and it's got to be delivered with the right purpose. I think that's the trick to all this is joining up all these dots, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So look, let's get into um, why... Well, we know why people want to be engaged, right? But what's the characteristics? If you're looking at leaders out there, leaders listen to this now and going, okay, what's the characteristics? What do I, what do I, how do I know if I'm an engaged leader? What do I need to work on? Sure. Well, I think there's actually an interview uh, which I, I did, did, did on my own, actually. Somebody was uh, ill and couldn't turn up, and I talked about this, about engagement starts with you. And I'll, I'll summarize some of these points uh, quickly. I've got a couple of minutes before break. We can maybe chat after it. Um, but I think... The, uh, the first thing I find, and I have um, spoken to many engaging leaders, you know, through this show and through the work that I do. And the first thing I notice with an engaged, really engaged leader is that um, they are, you know, before they come into the office, they are engaged. Um, and, and I think deep down, people who are really engaging and, and really engaged tend to, you know, be very clear about what's important to the business around its kind of vision and goals. But they also do it for themselves personally, too. Uh, yeah. And that gives them a real kind of energy. And a lot of them use some um, tools and techniques to get themselves into a really engaged state. So, you know, they may go out for a run before they come into work or they might read something motivational or they might do some meditation. But by the time they hit that office, uh, they are you know, engaged. And their first, their, their first point as a, if they're a CEO, maybe you know, chief engagement officer, um, might be to then to see how engaged their team are. And they can start to work from that place of being engaging before they yeah. even get into the office. Um, so I think I think that to get you, yourself into a, a really good state is really helpful. But maybe after the break, we can then talk about some of the qualities and characteristics that I think you know engaged um, engaged leaders have, uh, which starts to create this buzz and this energy and this feel that we're talking about. Yeah, and let's let's do that because I think we've got to take a break now. But I, what we want to get into after the break then is okay. Let's just take this deeper. What does this mean really? Um, what are the you know? How do we engage customers as well? And how do you engage employees right down to the ones you know right on the coal face of the business? Um, and let's then we'll wrap this up after the break with some more how you can really you know support organisations with this engagement piece. So let's cut to the break, Chris, and um, let's uh, the, the final session's coming up. Awesome, thank you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called 
the Achiever program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. If you want to hone the right skills to become a CEO or stay there as a competitive strategic leader, check out CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. You'll learn the tips to success and hear from the experts who are at the top of their games. You'll make your company stand out from the competition and build your own reputation in the process. Top executives are made, not born. So take charge of your future growth. Listen for CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific on Voice America Business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hey, this is Derry Llewellyn Davis here, and we've turned the tables today on Chris Cooper. We've already been talking about the depths of engagement in organizations, and we're going to take this further now and even deeper than we did in the first two sections. So, Chris, we were kind of really in the middle of things there before we had to break. So, so let's, let's take this. Um, it, what are the, the characteristics of engaged leaders uh, uh, a little bit deeper, shall we? Because what you started to allude to before the break there was um, something I believe is, you know, can we just engage people? Well, not if they're not engaged in the first place, because some people just aren't, are they? Right. <laughs> so we can't just, I remember, because um, obviously I'm on the speaking circuit, but I do strategy. Some people do think that I'm a motivational speaker, which I'm not. Um, and people go, will you come in and motivate my staff? And I respond, uh, well, are they already motivated? No, that's why I want you to come in. Well, I can't help you then. <laughs> so it's that people, people like they want us to come in and motivate, and they come just come in and do engage my staff. It's like, well, if you're not engaged in the first place, there's nothing much I can do to help you. So, how do you know if you're engaged with these leaders? It's that some people just aren't engaged, are they? No, I, th- I think um, I think what we have to do is we have to, you know, work on people, you know, one kind of one at a time or, or groups at a time. I think there are things like. Um, with you know recruitment's important obviously recruiting the right people making sure your team is in flow so they're doing roles that they love and they like but i think there's some qualities as well which can be really helpful with with people and building engagement and be beware though you know what we're talking about here we're not talking about an engagement project for a course so we're talking about making this a way of your being um, yeah. continuously and therefore you know without this is that chinese proverb where they say you know if you want if you want to you know, a thousand mile journey starts with a thousand steps so we've got to 
you know, do this you know one step at a time and all work on ourselves and all work on the organization but i think really engaging leaders are prepared to be interested and not just interesting yes. and i say i say that i i learned that from uh, a general marshall thurber who I had on the show who was i was surprised considering this guy had many houses and had huge success around the world and had huge success how interested he was in me and i asked him what was one of the most important leadership qualities and qualities for success and that was to be really interested in other people do you know the names of your staff the birthdays do you really take the time to understand what's going on for them um i think curiosity is important as well um you know getting curious about things a bit like um you know my, my kids get love sort of rock pooling on a holiday and they're just so curious to find little you know to find little shells and find little fish and and sometimes that that sense of curiosity is, is infectious and you've got to really care for your staff and your people genuinely. It's not something you can put on. You have to you know, be, care and, and show to others that you care. Um, Jack Canfield, who was on the show, um, talked to me about um, E plus R equals O, which is, is about when an event occurs, you know, how you react determines the outcome. Mm. And so, so I think that reaction in, in a moment when things maybe aren't going your way, do you lose your head? Do you get angry? Do you start swearing as one of one of the um, – my former clients used to with his staff and um, you know, taking the time to make sure that reaction is appropriate. Um, we had um, a guest on the show um, last week, Simon, a couple of weeks ago, Simon Hampel, and Simon was referring to Viktor Frankl's quote, which was between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is our power to choose our, um, our response. And in response lies our growth and our freedom. So taking that time to respond to that email well, um, respond to that communication well, these things all help. And then being able to stand up and tell stories is great as well and being prepared to be vulnerable as a communicator. So a few ideas there. That's quite a few. Let's just break that down for leaders out there to kind of where do they start, right? So first of all, uh, if you're going to do this, if you're going to be serious about this in the business, you need to be committed to it, right? Um, and it's not shenanigans. This has to be led authentically. If you're like, you're not engaged, but you you just want to do it so it's going to drive ROI, then probably that's going to backfire, isn't it, Chris? It is. It is. Uh, so we have, we have to yeah. begin with authenticity. We do. I had a client who we, we decided – uh, we started talking about engagement, and um, they decided they wanted to do an. Got very excited about it. Want to do an employee of the month. Did an employee of the month. Got the staff all excited about it. Six days after the person had won an employee of the month and 150 pounds of vouchers, uh, those vouchers still hadn't been purchased. And the reason why is the MD wouldn't let anybody else use the company credit card. And they were a company of you know 50, 60 people. What it had an adverse effect. Yeah. Um, his lack of engagement actually was contributing to. <laughs> it, it actually worked. It became a worse situation than it was before. Yeah, and this because this is why it has to be authentic. It has to be done for the right reasons. You've got to be committed to it for the long term. Otherwise, it'll just backfire, um, and you'll lose people as a result of it. Actually, this will backfire the wrong way. So this is this is like it's a, a dog's not for just for Christmas, right? It's for life. Engagement's not just for Christmas. It's for life, um, and you've got to be committed for the long term on this. So what is it then? If we if we're committed to this and we are a genuine genuinely and authentically behind this um so what's the next steps that the leaders can take to to really engage their employees and in particularly the employees at the call face as well yeah i think what we have to start to do is obviously we talked about surveys earlier that can help with engagement i think we have to you know, work on people's hearts as well as their minds so not just sending out reports and communicate communications and being physically talking 
and articulating uh, to um, to groups of people. So regular communication, um, I think. Um, also, um, make sure you know, if there are financial issues for people, make sure those are covered so people are paid fairly. So that's not um, not dragging them down. But most people, money isn't at the top of the reasons they work for you. Uh, I think you need to make sure bosses are you know, are good because um, most people don't leave companies; they leave their boss. Um, yeah. Very important. <laughs> have you done that, Derry? Because <laughs> I have. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I, but I think there's movies. On, I've just noticed recently there's a whole set of movies about bad bosses and terrible bosses. Also. So it, this is clearly an epidemic, isn't it, um, on the bad boss syndrome out there? I think so. I think so. I think you've got to, you've got to lead by your actions. Um, don't tell people to do things that you're not prepared to do yourself. Um, I think um, make sure people have got the right tools for the job. Um, give them some freedom. Don't, um, you know, not, not, don't, um, I mean, I had an example where one organization, they just got very frustrated. People were not coming into central London for 8.30 in the morning. Some people were being a bit late. So what they did is their solution to that was to put in, rather than just, you know, kind of allow it, have a little chat with people and try and get them in, you know, in on time, but also be understanding. They decided to make everybody sign in. Uh, and what happened was people used to stay till seven, eight at night. They all decided to to, to, to leave at five thirty on the dot. Mm. <laughs> so um, you know, prepare to give some freedom and be you know prepared to change your um, old, old perceptions as well. And then you can do all sorts of things. Um, a lovely example from the show: David Long. Uh, David decided to create book groups in his company, uh, and he um, has got 80 staff now. He's two book groups going, and for years they've studied um, great books together, talked about them. You know, th- those conversations have saved marriages. They've set, helped sort of financial problems out for people. The staff now love them. And he said those um, meetings have generated us millions of dollars in revenue. Um, and then there's all sorts of cool things you can do as a company. You know, you can do things where maybe you'll go and paint a school or paint a hospital or I don't know, um, uh, the, um, one of the big uh, food companies has giving days where it gives 5% of net sales away to local nonprofits and people get involved in those sorts of things. All helps with hearts and minds. Absolutely. So I think a good place to start then, what you're saying here is if somebody out there doesn't know what to do right now, but they know they want to be engaged, right? Um, then a good place to start is is go and, go and get onto Multiplier or one of the tools out there because you just need to have a snapshot. You need to know where you are right now and that's a good place to start. And then from that, step by step, just listen, listening to the people out there, listening to what they want um, and you know, step by step moving forward. Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I, I, I think so. And you know, there are, you know, find, find some find some good people out there as well who can maybe give you a bit of advice and guidance. Um, obviously, that's the sort of thing we we do. But we you know we do it in a in a very authentic um, way. Um, it's not about charging you an absolute fortune, but it's about giving you the the help and support because managers and leaders in there will need coaching. Um, that maybe yeah. needs to facilitate, you know, programs and groups. I remember with one CEO I created a program. Uh, for them, in fact, I created programs across the company, and he, he came to me and said, "I need to talk. To, I got a message. I'd never spoken to him before. He, um, Chris Cooper needs to come and see me." And he said, "What on earth have you been doing?" And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "My staff are happy. Um, I'm, I'm walking around. I've had three people knock on my door saying you need some of this. What are you doing?" So I did a program for them in the end, and um, as a board, and uh, it was two and a half days. And at the end of it, he very took me aside. He took me aside two weeks later and said. It was the third most significant event in his life. Wow. Um, 
his first was when his his his, his mum had died when he was young and uh, or father, and his second was when his brothers did, did, uh, died. The third one, so it was such a wake up call. It's it, you know it was hugely hugely valuable. So having people from good people from who can externally and independently help you and cast that independent perspective, I think can be very very helpful as well. Um, but I would be careful about you know who you do that with. Um, you know, there's, there's some people out there who are making, you know, millions and millions of pounds on the back of, back of that. And I think you just need to be be, be wise. Yeah, because I think this is the beautiful thing. This used to be the remit of the big corporates and it was massive programs or nothing at all, wasn't it, Chris? Whereas now it's a lot more more accessible, the tools, um, the, the, what we can do uh, as, as facilitators and workshop leaders out there right now, you can make impact pretty quickly through an organization. But I, you know, I massively advocate this, you know, the companies I go in and do strategy with, when it gets to this kind of stuff, you need external influence here to help because you're too busy, you're in it. And when you're in the middle of engagement, um, you can't see the wood from the trees. So this external perspective, I think is critical in any form of change management. Um, in any organization, I think. But yes, be careful on who you choose to do that with. I would definitely, definitely be careful with that one. Yeah. So what's uh, any other top tips around the, the leadership stuff here, Chris? Um, I think, uh, I think the, you know, the key for me is that you, you then, with those employees, you, you're giving them opportunities to uh, have their voice listened to and heard. Yeah. Uh, and that's the important thing is um, people – People won't judge you based upon your intentions. They will judge you based upon your behavior and in terms of what they actually see. So I think that is really important that they are seeing that, you know, th- those things happen um, that you've spoken about. You're following it through with action. So, you you know, you're improving, improving, because if you don't follow it through with action, people will just think, oh, it's another it's another fad. It's another it'll go away. Um, well, that's exactly it, and this is why this is this is why you have to be committed to the long term here, don't you? Because this is this can backfire if you come in and you think you're going to do it once, and it's engaged, then you're deluded because this is not a one-off process. Yeah, absolutely. So, I would say that's probably um, you know some of the some of the sort of key things around employees. There's obviously lots of more we could talk about, but. Uh, I think there's quite a lot to to think about there. Already. That's a lot to get in. But one more thing, I want to sneak back around just right because you said something earlier because we're talking about you know the leaders and how you can you know engage with what you've got there's one critical thing here is you should hire people who are already engaged um and this is the thing a lot of people they they've done they've got an amazing company they, they were quite engaged they're on the right path but then they hire someone who's not right so how do people so leaders is how do you hire on this what's the what should you be looking out for what should be in part of the hiring process well that's, that's really in- interesting i think you've got to think you know, through that process, what you're looking for. And I remember I, I interviewed a senior guy in Costa Coffee, and he was telling me one of the things they look for in all hires is the quality of curiosity. Mm. And he said, we look, we, you know, in curiosity, we, we measure that through things like what are the, the extracurricular things people are doing? Are they involved with, you know, charities? Are they doing, you know, out there doing good? Are they, you know, other, other interests, um, you know, really kind of varied and, um, so they're looking for those kind of qualities that suggest, you know, beyond just that interview that people are out there, they're engaged with life, engaged with being the best that they can be. You know, they're investing in their own development rather than just expecting the company to do it. Um, I think those are some of the things to to look out for. Nice. 
And to circle back off how you open this up, you can feel it. I think when I'm in front of someone who's engaged, it's, it's, I can definitely feel it, but I think you need to be engaged to be able to feel engaged in somebody else. So, um, so it's something that you've got to have as part of the interview process. I think so many people are busy panic hiring um, that they don't test for this bit because it seems too fluffy. But for me, I want an engaged person, hire an engaged person, and the trick is, is keeping them engaged. Yes. Absolutely. So we're getting to the end here, which is a real shame. I could go on all day here with you, Chris. So what final messages, any final messages around this whole beautiful engagement thing that you want to leave us with? Yeah, I, th- I think really you know, a key message is that this isn't soft and fluffy. It's It should be an absolutely essential stream of continuous activity and thinking and development within any organization if you want to stand out today because everybody out there is pretty good. And if you want to stand out and make a difference, do that. But also, you know, your your work can become a wonderful place to, to, to be for your employees, for you. It can be a less stressful place. It can be a more um, productive place. Uh, and it could be a more profitable place. So um, do engagement, do it well. Also realize, as I mentioned there, that you know if you want to walk a, go a journey of a thousand miles, you've got to take a thousand steps. Uh, start taking steps, but continue to uh, to take those steps. And then over you know a one, two, three year, four year time scale, you'll start to really see improvements in all areas of your business. Chris Cooper. Uh, you are a legend it's been an honor to be turning the tables on you today here um, and actually interviewing you for a change so guys and girls out there listening i would go to chriscooper.co.uk chriscooper.co.uk and you can really see the depths of what chris really does around the engagement piece right there so chris it's been an honor um i honor what the what you do to the world and what you bring to the world through this show and uh, it's just been a pleasure to be part of it for one little episode my friend Oh, Derry, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, you are you're, you're yourself, you're a true inspiration, and I feel honoured that you've taken the time to do this and do it. You've done it so well. So, you know, thank you so much. And um, Derry, where can people find out for, about, more about you if they want to? BGIstrategy.com, is that correct? Yeah, BGIstrategy.com. Uh, we're kind of all about the strategy over there, but it's, for me, strategy without engagement, pff, you just don't want to be building business like that. Build a business with no regrets. That's what I'm all about. And that means a fun, engaged business. And that's, that's Chris, you're the man, and I honor the, world, the work you bring to the world in that space. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.